Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dearie me. Oh dearie, dearie, dearie me. Well, it's all over for yet another year. Life has become bleak and meaningless. The streets are empty. Again, the bins are full of Prosecco bottles and crumpled score sheets, rip bunting and broken dreams. And a very large percentage of the LGBT population are aimlessly wandering around in circles with post-Eurodivision depression. P.E.D. Something like that, yeah. Edgar Allan P.E.D. See what you've done there. <laughs> and those who aren't depressed are actually quite pissed off. And let's find out why. So, welcome to the annual Eurobliss autopsy of this year's Eurovision Song Contest. Some polite clap there. Which climaxed on May the 13th, 2023, at the MS Bank Arena in Liverpool in Merseyside. I've got my lovely Juan here and uh, Mark's done some lovely audio notes. Uh, that's another long story. And between us, we've been sharpening our claws, getting ready for the annual Bitch Fest post mortem of this year's show. We've finally got our voices back from shouting at get the television and we've all vowed never to set foot in IKEA ever again. As ever, we're going to chop this year's contest up into teeny tiny edible pieces and try and find out if the best song won and if the jury and televoting were fair. <laughs> <laughs> Kill me now. There's going to be a very, very, very exciting, heated debate towards the end of this podcast. I can feel it now. And we're going to pay tribute also to those artists whose dreams were cut short because of failing to qualify from the semi-final stages. And we'll put a little bucket on the floor here so we can spit into it. Now, let's just rewind a little. We did our three wonderful preview shows back in March and we made our predictions based on our knowledge at that time. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> Thank you very much. A small print. Have your favourites changed? Favourites? Well, for me, the big my big grower was Belgium, actually. Uh, and because <laughs> you're pervert. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was because how he performed it. The more I listened to the song, and the more I saw him perform, the more endeared I became to them all, actually, as performers. And and I just loved it when a Pussy came on stage. What a lovely pussy! I know, absolutely. But no matter the result, my favorite was still is still Spain. Uh, I loved Spain, but more about that later. Mm-hmm. Mark. I think my favourite song didn't change at all. It was Finland and it still is Finland and that's unbudgeable in a sense. Um, there are two countries I'd single out that had a major change in my calculations. Um, one was Australia uh, and I think a lot of that was about actually seeing the jury show on the Friday night with you and Juan but the visual spectacle, the vocals, the that was a real goosebump moment for a, for a song that isn't normally the kind of thing I would like. And I'm so pleased that I bet on this to beat Switzerland and also come in the top ten, so well done, Australia. Um, the other one, and this really does surprise me, is Belgium. I was really rude about Belgium. I said it might not even qualify, it would be borderline, and it ends up sweeping through and getting comfortably into the top ten. And... If ever there was uh, an example of a song where having a mediocre product sold superlatively uh, on stage 
was done to perfection, I think it was Gustav. So for me, Australia and Belgium were the big growers. Yeah, for me, it was Finland, Finland, Finland all the way through, but uh, very impressed with Czechia and Australia. Anyway, let's crack on. Before we immerse ourselves into the main course of Saturday night's final, let's quickly mention the 11 countries that didn't make it through the qualifying heat. So we lost five countries on Tuesday's first semi-final of death, probably one of the most, if not the most hotly contested semi-final ever. And uh, remember, this was televoting only and coming last, and this makes me want to cry, were the Busca for Malta. They just got three points. And our beloved producers of the show allocated this slot number two in the first semi-final. So they'd already decided that the multi-song wasn't going to qualify, which is a shame because these guys were so full of charisma, the energy was contagious, and it was so colourful and fun. Do you want to dance? So honestly, I thought they were uh, really geeky, cute and charming. They deserved way more than three points. I'm guessing it was the running order that really hurt them. I still think he should have taken his sweater off, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, coming 14th in semi-final one was Azerbaijan, Turan Tural X, and Tell Me More. They got four points, so just one more than Malta. Tell me more about me. Four points. I mean, I'd rather any country fail with something original than qualify with something that's been manufactured in the laboratory. I thought they looked awesome together. Their clothes were fantastic. And did you notice the guy on the left, I don't know his name, with his guitar strap broke halfway through the yeah, song? I saw that. Oh, I saw God, him. but he didn't even flinch. So, very professional. Yeah, I really liked the staging and their styling. I thought it came across like a really sweet and nice performance. Uh, and the whole thing was actually, in the end, much better than I expected. But I just don't think the song itself was impactful enough for Eurovision in the end. Absolutely. We're moving on to the Netherlands. Mia and Dion uh, with lovely Duncan Lawrence's uh, composition, Burning Daylight. They got just seven points. I'm sorry, I'm just human. I'm losing myself chasing Um, uh, do you know, I was astonished at this. I really expected it to get through. Uh, it's a really beautiful song. And the only thing I can think of that it just didn't connect with a televoter. Um, it's such a waste. It was against great competition. So uh, I feel I feel quite sad for the Netherlands, but only seven points. That was not good. Yeah, I really loved the sort of simple and effective playing with the shadows and the pulsating light in the staging. However, I don't think the song suited either of the singers' voices. Uh, 
in the preview parties leading up to the contest, they performed the song. When they performed the song, it became clear that they couldn't really deliver it. Uh, so last minute, they changed the key of the song and ended up with a compromise that meant that neither of the singers could really shine or <laughs> sort of connect with the song. And I think, really? yeah, oh, and that's the sort of impact that the song needed. It, it kind of lost that. And that's what it felt a bit flat, even though it was beautiful. You know, I couldn't connect. I don't know how Duncan Lawrence managed to sing You'll Never Walk Alone So Beautifully, knowing that his composition for 2023 <laughs> didn't qualify. Well done, Dunk. Uh, Ireland came 12th in semi-final one. Wild Youth, we are one. Or as we said on the night, we are gone. <laughs> That's so funny. They got 10 points. Do you know what? I need a drink after that. I need a drink. Let me just pour this lovely, delightful champagne. Yeah. That's made me go really dry, that has. Um, from the very first moment we we saw Wild Juice singing this song on the Late Late Show back in Ireland in uh, in February, we knew, we knew it was doomed, didn't we, really? <laughs> and it's such a shame because you can see that they put so much effort and love into what they were trying to do. But, you know right from the word go it just wasn't going to be a good enough song and I'll be honest if I can get away with wearing gold spandex like that I would I would be a better person the Norwegian girl who sang in 1976 wore a very similar outfit but she, she carried it off beautifully he didn't that's the difference <laughs> I am honestly surprised this wasn't last the staging was <laughs> not great it seemed like the singer had perhaps like lost his voice or something. He looked like he was suffering and uncomfortable. Uh, but that might have been something to do with the outfit you were mentioning. Could have, could have breathed, could have breathed. <laughs> yeah, it was really overly tight. And it did not suit him at all. Um, and trying to get the audience to sing for you in a singing contest is never a good idea, I find. Yeah, no, no, no. It just, yeah, not great. Um, I, I think, I don't know how many years Ireland haven't now qualified, but it's getting pretty desperate. And of course, they've now lost, they haven't lost their crown, they're joint with Sweden, aren't yeah. they now? It's getting very excited at the top of the leaderboard. Coming 11th on semi-final one, again, this is a very sad moment, was Latvia, Sudden Lights, Aya! and they scored 34 points, just three points behind the song that came 10th, which was Serbia, in semi-final one. Latvia have only qualified twice now in the last 12 contests, which I think is probably one of the worst uh, records. But they did get a great eight points from the rest of the world public vote. So there's a little smattering of joy there for the boys. But it was always going to be a song that you need to hear a few times to kind of get it, really. Yeah, I, I think they actually did really well. Uh, although I 
kind of wish they didn't sing in English because the lyrics in English are a bit sort of cliche, angst, youngster lyrics. Uh, but had had this not been in semi-final one, this would absolutely have been in the final. I thought it was a class act and they were just unlucky. Yeah, bad draw for semi-final one. Yeah. And now we're going to listen to Mark. He's got a few things he wants to add to our comments. Go over to you, Marky. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> Are we the Funky Bunch? Yeah. We smell funky, maybe. Well, you do. So for me, the semi-final non-qualifiers, I guess the surprises were, you know, Malta coming last. I mean, I actually had a bet on that to qualify, only because I listened to those people at ESC United uh, unwisely. Um, that was a surprise. It uh, wasn't a surprise that Azerbaijan didn't qualify. On the Netherlands, here's a warning for the future. If you're entering a duet... You've got to have chemistry. You've got to have presence and belief in the fact that you're singing to each other and you look into each other's eyes and you really mean it because there's a real production problem. When the person who's not singing is on the stage, what are they meant to be doing when the camera's um, on the other person and then there's wide shots and only one person is singing? It, duets are a real nightmare, I think, actually, in Eurovision. So to get so few points i think there's a warning there for all future countries sending duets study this failure with great care um the only other thing i would say is how humiliating for the netherlands ireland beat them oh god <laughs> never saw that coming and finally some thoughts about latvia if ever there was an example of a song that needed seven eight nine listens to really grow on you and really get it this song was far too indie alternative and good I, may I dare say, for the rather conservative um, Eurovision audience. I feel really, really sorry for Latvia. Of all the countries that didn't qualify this year, this is the one I felt most sorry for. So, to be honest, I think for the first time ever, we kind of agree on everything there, don't we? Yeah, Which is a bit strange. weird. The whole problem having you two is that you have a... So, I'm just looking outside if, like, pigs are flying or something like that. There's something weird going on, <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah. there? Do you know what I mean? Um, I tell you what is weird that's going on. We're going on to semi-final number two, which was on Thursday. And coming last with no points were two countries. So, we're just going to go to uh, San Marino first. Picked Jacks. And like an animal. You see, the thing is, the more countries in Eurovision, and the longer it goes on, the happier. I am, but I don't understand why San Marino is in Eurovision. I'm sure there aren't enough people in San Marino to register a televote. So this is a televote-only competition in the semi-finals. I don't know how they managed to do... They have a jury. So what's the point in having a televote? Oh, anyway, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. They did look good on stage. The visuals were awesome, as they were for most of the songs this year. But this song just wasn't good enough, full stop. Yeah, they're called picked jacks too bad no one picked them for any points oh Ooh. i see what you've done there <laughs> thank you I uh, a ripple of applause <laughs> yeah thank you uh so it's <laughs> I, I just it's just not a great song and even though the visuals were striking it was just too basic uh and even though he hits the notes i just don't find his voice very pleasant to listen to it's a bit grating uh yeah i don't know i can see why they didn't get any points to be fair I think to be honest they knew they weren't going to qualify yeah, they, yeah, yeah. in all the pre-run ups the promo tours the concerts and everything they got such a, a lacklustre response I'm sure uh, as did uh, the Romanian song sung by Teodor Andre DGT again no points I wonder why 
I mean, there's no doubt that this lad has talent. He does have a great voice. Hearing him singing this live at the London preview party, he has a phenomenal voice. But there's just something not quite right going on here. The whole package was a little bit off kilter. I, I didn't gel with the Barbie pink jacket and, and, and the look, the glasses, the hair. It just didn't work for me at all. He looked like he should be singing the Danish song. Yeah, I... You know he's eighteen years old. I think he he does have a nice voice. I think as an artist he need to he needs to mature a little bit, stew a little bit before he's uh, released onto a stage because his <laughs> you know he's just not ready to to uh, um, express his vision. Let's say because his vision was a bit of a mess. The staging was a mess. The song was a mess. I've kind of heard rumblings on the internet about the Romanian delegation not being super invested in this I and kind of that, yeah. leaving him to his own devices. And he's only 18, and unfortunately, you know, it showed. I would love for him to come back in 10 years' time with a cracker of a song and win. Uh, as I mentioned, let's go to Denmark. Coming 14th in semi-final two on Thursday night was Riley and Breaking My Heart. <laughs> the only heart that got broken was yours, wasn't it, love? He got six points thanks to Iceland, which is pretty grim. Oh my god. Oh bless him though. I mean, although he looks like he's eight years old, he's actually 25, he was so nervous and it showed and he seemed to like try to replicate his music video too much, which meant he had to be kind of aware of exactly where he was standing on the stage, otherwise he was gonna get walloped by a moving prop, which actually would have been more fun than listening to him singing his song. And what is it with all these acts this year lying down on the stage? Enough already. Yeah, I like if TikTok burst an antichrist, they might look a little bit like this. <laughs> uh, but because of his like very androgynous image, I found myself wanting to like him and support him. But the whole thing just comes across as too superficial, too fake. The vocals were just not there. Mm. On the plus side, I believe the Faroe Islands, uh, the national broadcaster, wants to join the EBU with the ultimate intention to participate in Eurovision in the years to come. Oh, wow, that would be so cool. Why would it be cool? I don't know. The Faroe Island might send something fun and, and exciting and different. I mean, how many more tiny islands or enclave microstates will be joining the competition? We have Luxembourg next year. You know what I mean? <laughs> to look forward to. Woohoo! Another <laughs> French ballad. Mark would like that. Uh, coming 13th in semi final two was Greece and our friend Victor and his written song. His written song. <laughs> to Prosecco. His, his self written song, What They Say. Now, he got 14 points. 14 points. I want you to guess where 12 of those 14 points hmm. came from. Hmm. I don't think I will I will never guess. I'll never Give guess. Give it a go. Uh, was it the Faroe Islands? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was Monaco. Uh, how embarrassing and rather pathetic from the Cypriot public and like a standout 12 points. Oh, my God. And it's because of this neighbourly voting that the juries 
were introduced in the first place. And what on earth were Greece and Cyprus doing in the same semi-final? Anyway, please, Mr. Ostadal, play the song. Well, you know what they say. Lassos make sure no one loses the way. You know, a very, very uncomfortable three minutes for both the viewer and the performer. He was petrified like a rabbit in the headlights, so vulnerable alone on stage there, which could have worked sometimes, but in this case, it didn't work. If that wasn't enough, what the was he wearing like he was on safari or something exactly exactly 16 years old for me i said it before the contest and i i am still of this opinion that 16 is just too young to be in the contest all that pressure and with a brain that is still like forming i don't mm. know like he's gonna have trauma for this you know for the rest of his <laughs> Madly, life yeah, yeah. yeah and also like dressing that poor child in those horrible beige clothes having him jump up and down in a bunch of smoke like that it's it's child abuse somebody calls social services <laughs> Greece where did that come from that was a massive surprise please get back to what you do best next year uh, coming 12th and not qualifying and I was very sad for this was the song from Georgia Iru and her song Echo she got 33 points including a splendid 12 from their friends in Armenia I mean, I will always admire Georgia for choosing original creative songs which seem to be representing of the country where they're coming from, as opposed to a song that's been formulated uh, in a laboratory to win a song competition. This was a fantastic performance. She sang it beautifully. If anything, she was a little bit static, relying on her sort of armography for any movements. And I think maybe she could have uh, had some dancers with her to give the whole performance a bit more energy. But other than that, she was great. I mean, I basically echo everything you said. <laughs> See what you've done there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought it was a, uh, a, it's a beautiful song, a beautiful and dramatic start, but it plateaued quickly and it didn't really go anywhere from there in terms, in terms of staging. And the song is a little bit plateaued as well, right? Um, it starts quite high energy and it kind of stays there. So it would have needed a bit more, a bit of more of a, a dynamic narrative in the staging and as like you said I thought of dancers especially in the like the part they could have had people coming out and doing do that again yeah <laughs> or whatever she did I wanted her to do that not some backing exactly. vocals that you couldn't see and I wanted people to come out and do like weird things when that happened and like, like fast camera cuts and stuff like that to like slice up the tempo yeah 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 you yeah, know yeah. we all know we all know we all, we all see it in our heads <laughs> We do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, we really, really do. Um, coming 11th and failing to qualify by quite a large amount was Iceland. Dilja and her song Power. She got 44 points, including a lovely 12 from her friends in Denmark. Ooh, 
she gets 12 points from Denmark. To be honest, skin crawl. She's, again, sitting on the, on the floor at the start. It's like, here, here we go again. Get stand up, woman. She's gorgeous. She can sing wonderfully. But this song is absolutely putrid. I'm sorry, her enthusiasm for this very bland song was a complete mismatch and it was, like, quite scary to watch. Uh, consider how over-the-top and out-of-control her performance seemed. The vocals were... I mean, as a as a singer, her vocals were super tight. She hit all the notes and she hit them really well. But touching on what you said, I'm going to be a singing snob now and say that there is a difference between having a good voice and being a good singer. Uh, it's not just about showing you off your ability, uh, of which she has an, an impressive amount, by the way. Showing off your ability, but doing it in a way that works with with the song, you know. And that was just not happening. It was like two different worlds exactly. not coming together on stage. These strange high kicks and stuff yeah, that she yeah, was yeah, doing. Yeah. And uh, Mark, I think, uh, wants to add a few pearls of wisdom. Go for it, darling. So semi-final two non-qualifiers, I don't think there were that many surprises apart from Georgia. Um, there were complaints about Georgia that we couldn't understand what she was singing about, that the lyrics were very muffled. But, you know, leaving that to one side, it looked glorious. She sang gloriously. Um, really don't understand it. And there are some uh, countries that did qualify, <coughs> Poland, that should, that should never have been in the final, in my opinion. So... Um, and the other thing you have to bear in mind that compared with semi-final one, where Latvia became within three points a whisker of getting in, there was a massive gap between the 11th place song, Iceland, and Estonia in 10th, a good 40 points or so. So they were absolutely, uh, I mean, I think it was a 30, 40 point gap. They were really, really solid 10 qualifiers. It was a poor semi-final, but actually, in a way, it made it more exciting because you had absolutely no idea who was going to get through and, and who wasn't. Um, but there are big, big lessons here, I think, for countries like Iceland. You've got a good Eurovision pedigree. Don't put such bland songs in in, in the future. <laughs> that told you Iceland, didn't it? Ooh. Right, so... Um... <laughs> That's the uh, semi-final failures quickly sorted out. Now, of course, these acts were jumped into the Mersey for bringing shame upon their nation. Obviously, that's not quite true. Uh, but we in the studio here are going to give ourselves a little quick round of clap before we get stuck into the final. Stop it. Uh, so there's 26 songs were presented on Saturday night. We're going to quickly flick through them and you'll notice that the songs <laughs> will get better and better as we climb up through the top ten. No, that's not a joke. That actually will happen. Hmm. Hmm. And if you had seen the gesture he did when he said flick. Yeah, I'm all about understand? the gestures yeah. here. There's a lot of visual going on here as well as the audio. Yeah, now, we're totally naked right now. We are, Well, I am. I'm <laughs> <laughs> still sweating. Um, so here is where the juries play their part. As a reminder, the juries are voting on the Friday night jury show. So in effect, they are voting on slightly different versions of the same songs. And they are supposed to be scoring using the following four... Criteria one, composition and originality of song. Two, quality of the performance on the stage. Three, vocal capacity of the performer. And finally, four, the overall impression of the act. So there's lots to discuss. And of course, the slogan for this year's contest was United by music, divided by juries. <laughs> hey! 
So, coming 26th and last on Court Une Fois was Germany, Blood and Glitter, Lord of the Lost, or as I rather cleverly call them now, the Lord of the Last. <laughs> That's so funny. They've got 18 points. Oh, you know, Germany. Three points, three points from the jury and 15 points from the public. Blood and Glitter. Blood and Glitter. If you remember the German final, which was very good this year, by the way, um, Blood and Glitter were not top after the jury vote. It was the public vote that propelled them to the top of the scoreboard. So given that they'd just got 15 points from the European public, there's some, there's, I mean, the German public obviously listens to some very, very strange music. Germany have now finished last nine times in the total of the history of the show. And in the bottom two, seven out of the last eight contests. <laughs> We've got to hold hands in a circle and pray for the Germans, you know, but we need them in the final to make the UK look good. <laughs> I mean, especially Cue this the next year. song, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not the biggest fan of the song in itself. You know, the lyrics are a little bit on the nose, a bit cheesy. Uh, but I really thought this had like enough in it to find its audience. I thought it was like a really impactful, professional and competent performance and it really deserved better. I, I, I you know, it, it had an identity. It, it was fun. They, you could tell there was an effort made. There was money into it. Maybe Finland just swallowed up the points and there was just none left. Uh, but honestly, I think this might be my favorite last place of all time and they should be proud because I thought it was pretty good for me it wasn't a very good song it was a quite empty song it was more about the way that they looked and the way they presented the song but anyway um yeah just so that we need germany in eurovision to make the uk look good coming 25th was may muller her song which she wrote and she got 24 points 15 from the jury and nine from the public so you say May Muller represented La Royaume-Uni? I can't, I can't, I can't even bother <laughs> to say it. I can't, I can't say it. Instead I wrote a song about how you did me wrong I could have cried at home and spent the night alone Instead I wrote a song I feel much better now Me and my girls are out and we all sing along Instead I wrote Back at the bottom of the table where we rightfully belong after last year's second place Freak Blip Oh, what went wrong? Or would it be better to say what went right? I mean, I feel sorry for her because she was the last on the stage having to wait all night to sing her song and to put the cherry on the cake of UK shame. How drunk was Catherine Tate? She was absolutely awful. Catherine Tate. And now I was interviewed live by Real Rebels Radio on Saturday morning and they asked me seven questions, one of which was what I thought about the UK entry this year. And when I proudly said <clears throat> that I think she'll be in the bottom four, there was an audible, this live radio, there was an audible gasp from the crowd. And I wasn't being unpatriotic, I was just being honest. I thought she was appalling. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought she was awful. Well... You know, I 
I thought uh, she had her girls out and <laughs> they were all singing along. Wow, uh, <laughs> not so, the same song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so the vocals were just, they were not there. But on top of that, the mixing was actually quite terrible for this song. Blanka from Poland is not a better singer than Mae Muller, but she sounded much better in the mix. Also, the staging looked good, but was, I mean, completely pointless and killed the song. The performance itself, it didn't have any vocal wow moments or even impressive choreo movements. So the the whole entry relies on attitude, like May's attitude and the narrative of the song, right? And the narrative was completely absent from the staging in any way. So May's personality and attitude just didn't have any context. That and sassiness got was lost, wasn't it? Completely lost, got completely lost. The UK presented something that looked professional, but it really needed something extra, you know, like even more just like than the standard professional look. It needed to have a vision, you know. It needed to, to win or to be competitive in Eurovision. You have to be just not more than just okay. You have to do like a little bit more. And we've been saying this for years and hopefully the UK will get there in the end. They won't. <laughs> um, again, I feel sorry because she was last on stage and you need to finish that uh, run of 26 songs with an absolute banger. And I just don't think that was the right song. I'm really happy for her that she got some, some coverage out of this. I think she didn't really understand the assignment. She was just a, a bit of a silly, giggly girl through the whole thing. But she's got a top 10 hit now and a new album coming out in September. So good on you. But, you know, game over. Oh, hello, Serbia. Coming hey. 24th, we've got Luke Black. I just want us to leap. He got just 30 points, 14 from the jury and 16 from the public. Hello? Game over. Obviously, I love Eurovision, but sometimes I absolutely hate it. And this, this, how can one of the most interesting and creative Eurovision entries of all time get such a low score is beyond me. I think both the public and the jury here are an absolute joke. Uh, just, I think the low running, low running order didn't help him. And whenever anyone says hello to me now, I look them straight in the eye and go, Game, Game over, over, bitch. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so sorry for him. He was fantastic. Yeah, so, you know, like with the UK, I'm not saying this was the best vocal performance of all time or anything, uh, but there were times where you could not even hear him or any of the pre-recorded backing vocals for that matter. I don't know what was going on with the mixing this year, but for some songs, it seemed to be fine, and for others, it was just a disaster. Other than that, I absolutely adore adored this performance and the song in one of the so we have to explain the game over bitch part so like in one of the preview parties Luke Black got really drunk and started totally like queening out on stage like in uh, our previous show I was wondering if Luke Black was you know queer or LGBTQ and I mean I think we can safely assume that that is the case so during the performance he was like totally queening out and gotten drunk and you know when he went hello game over he went hello game over bitch and you could hear the audience shouting that back to him both in the semi-final and in the final 
I have to say, though, in the semi-final, it was much louder. You could hear it a lot more. So either the crowds in the semi-final are more Eurovision fans or the BBC caught on to it and, like, took the volume down for the final. I don't think they'd do that. They're not fast enough. Do you know what I mean? I have no idea. Uh, but anyway, I loved I loved this song. Loved this song. Just a little bit of bulkiness here. Could you just please turn your grinder off? <laughs> While we're recording. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm sorry, okay. Um, do you realise that this this is quite interesting? Mm-hmm. This is the very, very first and probably last time that we have Serbia, Slovenia and Croatia in a Eurovision final. It's the first time? It's the first time, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Cheers to that. Cheers, and I actually yeah. loved all of their songs. Ooh. Now, uh, coming 23rd, if I'm angry about Serbia getting those points, I'm even more angry about Portugal getting just 59 points, 43 from the jury and 16 from the public. This is Mimikat and I Coração. everything about this um she was a fantastic performance she oh i'm so happy to watch it full of energy color and one of the best vocalists on stage so you look at the jury votes and you think okay she got 43 points from the jury this embarrassing embarrassing if you're a jury member uh, and then you think, well, how come she only got 16 points from the public? But, of course, she was just second on stage. Again, allocated the the, the, the doom, slot of doom, by the producers of the show. It's so unfair, you know? I, it's, I, it makes me angrier. Hate Eurovision! Hate it! Yeah, I, <laughs> I really thought she was so great. She sells the song, you know, just as much as Dilia from Iceland. But Mimi Cat feels completely effortless and natural in her ability and she just flows with the song she was totally fantastic i really liked the pared down staging but the song i thought i thought the song itself wasn't super strong it allowed her to show off her personality but the song itself wasn't amazing the top the first eight countries didn't come in the top 10 and there were some quality songs in there so the running order definitely punished a third of the entrance this year. Absolutely, absolutely. Not good. Now, we are going over to Albania. Do ya by the Albanian Von Trapps. Uh, They got 76 points, 17, 17 points from the jury and 59 from the public. Yeah, I mean, not my favourite Albanian entry, but I'm really happy that they qualified. But one of the best examples this year of how terrible the juries were, they got just 17 points. 17 points for this one of the best vocals and harmonisings. 
of the night. This was massively improved from the Festival of Kenges back in December. A much more cohesive performance and very sentimental to have all the family, blah, 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 family members on stage. And I know you liked it, Mr. Kwan, didn't you? I loved it. Uh, and actually, I am so happy to have been proven wrong by uh, Familia Kelmendi because I was predicting that there will be too many obstacles for them to overcome to qualify, and they did. It And it was really great having them in the final. They were one of the most improved, and uh, the entire family was selling the song on stage. I say the entire family, except <laughs> perhaps the brother. Like I felt so sorry. I he had know. one little line to say <laughs> and a lot of smiling to do. I yeah, know. You know? Uh, but hey, you can't have everything, I suppose. You and know? a couple of hand movements. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, it's clear who got the talent in the family. Mm. Um, I'm not saying this is in any way one of the best entries ever in Eurovision or even the best Albanian entry but it was one of the few that actually kind of represented its culture you know that had Absolutely. like um, this is an Albanian song yeah and they were clearly an Albanian act and you felt that and I really hope we get more entries in this vein next year I loved it and I think Mark's going to add to that aren't you sweetie Germany coming last, I still am scratching my head to explain that. I mean, I didn't like the song. I didn't think the juries would go for it, but I really thought it would have a solid televote presence. And the only thing I can think of is that there were so many other strong televote songs that they marginally missed out on people's lists and therefore by default didn't get any votes. But, um, hey, we're very grateful that we're not at the bottom. And as for May Muller... I think I did say in our preview programme that I was feeling pessimistic on the basis of her pre-Eurovision performances. And the, the, her lack of, of vocal presence and confidence really, really came through in a, in, a, in a song which, absolutely like the Belgian song, demands sellability and, and charisma. And May, I'm afraid, was, I think, an unwise choice. Uh, so sorry that you came after Sam Ryder, but it wasn't good. Um, totally agree about the whole Serbian uh, business. I mean, you know, it was maybe too dark and too menacing for people's uh, tastes. And and uh, Albania was a fantastically improved performance and, and, and just shows you. I mean, there we were in the preview programme saying Albania might not qualify, it was borderline. Comes a point these days where if you end up 22nd, uh, that's seen as a creditable victory. Um, Portugal, beating Portugal. I mean, could, could Mimi Cat have sung any better? Uh, and could the song have been any catchier? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, but Portugal always used to struggle to get even into the final, so maybe that's a kind of what you call a Pyrrhic victory. I think we need to seize the day. Oh, look, it's Slovenia. They came 21st. The group joke out the song Carpe Diem. They got 78 points, 33 from the jury and 45 from the public. And I've got something to say about this, but let's play the song first. Mi pomoci lonos plesanti Lupili sense i grandi Con danas si utrivec ne bomos Ne bomos tili urtozore Ne skakovali pomodore Sprejili da smo veći nisamo Oh my God, I'm in love. So in love. I love these boys. No, I love these boys. All of them. I'm not too bothered which ones. I was absolutely chuffed <laughs> to bits that they qualified for Slovenia after a string of unsuccessful songs. 
for the country. And the guitarist, he gave me personally one of the most splendid Eurovision winks in the history of the show. Did you notice that? He did that exactly for me. <laughs> they had a hero's welcome back in Ljubljana and massively deserved. And I would definitely go and see them if they ever played at the Camden Roundhouse, which is around the corner from me. They can actually stay out at my place. <laughs> so I thought this was really, really good. But uh, because, you know, they seemed like such an experienced band. And even though they are quite young, uh, I thought they would handle sort of the adrenaline rush of performing for such a large and adoring crowd uh, a bit better. Because, I mean, adoring crowd because they were like one of the favorites, I guess, in the Eurovision community. Uh, but to me, they were just a little bit too excited and uh, like they hyped themselves up a little bit too much on the night. It was still a fun performance. It just felt like they were just going, okay, the crazier I go, the better, you know, like, and it was just a little bit like, like they had too much sugar, but, but I'm just nitpicking because, you know, I saw what they did in the national final and I wish they had projected a bit more like control and focus like they did in the national final. Uh, but there wasn't a national final. Well, you know, no, 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 no. But, they, I say national final. The, you did say the national live, final, you're right. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what to call it, the, the national performance that they did. Um, the, vi the video? No, they had a live performance. Okay. Did you not see that? I saw that. You yeah. Take that look off your face. <laughs> then what do you think I was talking about? I thought, I, I, I agree, they were yeah. very excited, but it wasn't cheesy. It was. I thought it was very, very sweet. But, but to be honest, all they need to do is smile at me and I'll just keel over. Exactly. I don't think you were looking at their performance exactly. I was looking, I was very much looking at their performance. Oh. Uh, so coming 20th into the top 20 was Switzerland. I still can't pronounce his uh, name. I'm sorry. Remo, Remo Fore and his song Water Gun. They got 92.61 from the jury and 31 from the public. I don't want to be a soldier, soldier. I don't want to have to play with real blood. This is one of the years where lovely, wonderful Sasha Jean-Baptiste, stage director, she nailed the staging to this. I thought it looked incredible and he sounded beautifully. So it's kind of ironic and rather amusing. After such a perfect performance, he only came 20th. Well, that's, I think that's exactly the problem. It was perfect. Uh, it seemed so slick and professional and polished, and it was so disconnected to the subject matter and the message of the song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's a song about war and body bags, and they're just, like, doing this slick pop thing. I don't... I think, for me, that was a, a disconnect. However, he looked great, fresh-faced, and he sounded great. A lovely, lovely vo voice. He, maybe some tomato ketchup on his neck or something like that. That means just roll him around in the dirt a little bit or something like I that. I could have done that. Yeah. That's not a problem. <laughs> I could have done that. Mm. Now, uh, scoring one more point than the lovely Swiss coming 19th was Blanca, which is Polish for very white, and her song solo. She got 93 points and 81 from the public, but she just got 12 jury 
points, which is quite amusing because if you remember, it was the rather perverse and bribed jury uh, from Poland that propelled her into the final. Obviously, European juries aren't as randy as the Polish ones. Let's play solo. <laughs> or maybe they're just gay. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> Baby! Baby, it's kind of crazy How else would freeze it With you I've lost my <laughs> Do you know what? Actually, massively improved since the national final. What was all that kind of pink Chloe stuff flying across the stage? Was that kind of to disguise parts of the song that she couldn't cope with or something? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Even though the bar has probably never been lower in Eurovision, I can you know I can hardly <laughs> believe the words that are coming out of my mouth. But for me, Poland was the most improved entry. I know Mark said that he didn't want to qualify. I thought they deserved their place in the final because the delegation seemed to really take the criticism that was given on board and adapted accordingly. You know, they catered to her strength. So basically, you know, she didn't sing a lot. <laughs> and, and the entry went from sort of entitled influencer pop, like uh, in the national final, to on, Euro- on the Eurovision stage be kind of this sort of campy, kitschy, trashy Eastern European take on like sort of Latin fun. And it was a bit reminiscent of something Belarus or Romania would send like 10 years ago. And I am sort of here for that all day long. It, I, I thought it turned out to be quite a lot of fun, actually. Her frock was gross. <laughs> it was. It was absolutely Mooch, horrific. But that's sort of the part of it. Like, that's the fun of it. It looked horrendous in a kind of wonderful way. And they have decided the winner of the Eurovision uh, award for the worst or the most interesting outfit of the year, and it wasn't Poland. We'll get to that shortly. But coming 18th was the song from Moldova, Pasha Parfini, The Sun and the Moon. He got 96 points, 20, just 20 from the jury and 76 from the public. So Moldova gave us epic sax guy a few years back, and now they've given us epic little flute guy. I love the mysticism and that kind of tribal energy here. And to be honest, I love Moldova full stop. I think I need to go over there and listen to some Moldova music because they 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 are so fun and interesting. Exactly. Uh Moldova doesn't have the most resources in the competition, but they have this ability to do a lot with very little. I thought this was like really great dynamic staging. It really complemented the song. It was very simple, but very cool. However, I... On the downside, I think Pasha Perfeni, which I thought would be like the strongest link, he was trying to do a little bit too much. He was kind of like a shaman, but also a bit of like a cheeky, chappy, like charmy guy. He was holding the tension of the performance with his sort of spiritual presence, but also dancing around with the pan flutist and trying to be fun. Like, I thought it felt like a bit too much for him, a bit confused and I think also his vocals suffered a bit when he was jumping around and all that stuff. Yeah, I thought he was fab. 
but then I was <laughs> lusting after him at the same time. Now then, who came 17th? Oh, oh God. This, this this is actually... Um, can, we have, can we just light a candle or something yeah. here? This Oof. is a bit of a moment for us. And then a Juan go back to burst into tears. Coming 17th was a song from Spain. Uh, Blanca Paloma, we love you. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We love you. And she got 100 points, 95 from the jury and five points from the public coming last with the public vote. So let's listen to that lovely song. My gut instinct when I first heard that song was, oh, Spain did flamenco in 1983 and they came last uh, with a rebellious and a fantastic song. And will that happen again? And I remember you saying in the, in the preview show that we did that times have moved on and seemingly they obviously haven't. I don't think the rest of Europe ever will understand the beauty of flamenco. It's such a shame because this was beautiful. In the words of uh, YouTuber Alicia Michelle, when she saw the public vote for Spain, she went, how dare they? And I completely agree. How (laughs) very, very dare they? (laughs) Having said that, though, this is still one of my favorite entries of all time. But even I thought that the mixing in the final was just not great. Uh, This song, more than any other song relies on the perfection of its execution for its accessibility. It is such a risky entry, you know, and that's partly why I admire it. However, you know, if any part falters, it can really, really suffer with the public vote, you know, and at times it sounded a bit cacophonous and monotonous. And this is coming from someone who is a massive fan of the entry. You know, I still loved it. I still think Blanca Paloma you know, did the best vocal performance of the contest, is the best singer by far in the contest. Uh, And I think Spain can be extremely proud of their entry uh, and also the proud of the range of their national final. I think this is a blip. I think it's just a matter of time before Benidormfest produces a Eurovision winner. And just a little comment on, because Spain is the most, let's say, eccentric entry that suffered this year, this year it just seemed like Europe... And the juries was in a mood for more commercial pop. The pop entries were the ones that like won this year. Anything that was a bit different underperformed. Mm. Uh, and if you know, is that the future of the contest? Is that what we want? Like in comparison to other years, you know, with Constracta, with Shum, with the success of those, I thought we were heading in a more interesting direction. And this year for me, it was a bit of a cold shower and I don't feel like I've ever been more wrong in any other year than this year. I I nearly cried when I saw her face with those five points. What I liked about what she did in her promotion run-up was every time she did a concert, she changed the visuals, she changed what she wore, she changed the introduction, she played a, an instrument. She always was changing, changing, changing her songs. So when she went back to the Eurovision final, she replicated the uh, Benidorm Fest uh, national final performance, which to me was a bit disappointing because I'd seen I that before. I agree. Um, but obviously she worked with what she knew was going to do best. And I feel really sorry for Spain. They should have done much, much better. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. And before we move over to France, let's listen to Mark. I think Slovenia coming 21st was 
a real shock. Um, people had this as a, a, a fairly creditable potential top 10 winner, and they, they performed effortlessly. And I suppose comparatively with recent years, it's a good result for Slovenia, but I really would have expected more from them. Um, I'm going to skip over Poland because that's not even worth mentioning. And um, uh, But Spain. Now, there is one thing to... Um, grasp here as a positive for poor old uh, Blanca Paloma this means that in coming 17th this means that Spain has now occupied every single finishing position from 1 to 26 in the history of Eurovision is the only country ever to have done so whether she had that as her aim and target uh, I don't know but here's here's a point everyone was shot by the five tally votes actually look at the other votes for a song that was being um, put forward by people like Juan <laughs> in our preview programme to be potentially challenging Lorene and Sweden for the jury win, 95 from the jury was very, very mean. Mm. I'm not surprised by the televote. It's a hard listen if you're not used to flamenco. But for her effortless, brilliant performance, uh, I think the jury's really, really underscored her. And I think that was uh, a shame, unless they wanted her to finish 17th so they could... Um, achieve that record but um i hope um i hope spain will continue to be adventurous and dig into their musical roots because flamenco was extremely well represented uh by her and i thought she was magnificent yeah absolutely a running theme a running theme through uh, a lot of these songs that we're going to come up against now is the disproportionate amount of jury votes that the winning song got which was 340 compared to many of the other songs and the winners vocalists wasn't as good or was not as good as uh, Blanca Palomas no. yet she just got 95 points so how can you compare a wonderful singer like the Spanish girl to the Swedish winner like this or you know what I mean anyway um, before we get angry and start throwing quiche on the floor let's move over to France who came 16th. A good result for France, but I think she was hoping to come a bit better. She's called Lazara. Evidemment, she got 104 points in total, 54 from the jury and 50 from the public. Evidemment Toutes ces belles promesses que j'entends Ce n'est que du vent Yeah, um, where we were sitting, because mm -hmm. uh, we actually were lucky enough eventually to get tickets to one of the shows, the Friday Night Jury Show, weren't we? We had terrible seats. We were sort of sitting behind the stage. So where we were sitting, we could see that this poor woman sang that song with a pole wedged up her ass, didn't she? I mean, Do you know basically. what I mean? It must be very, very painful um, to stop her from toppling over. She was hoisted into the upper stratosphere of the MS Banks Arena and she was unwavering upon that huge erection. She was unwavering. <laughs> I mean, we could all relate, right? Well, you can, darling. Speak. Yes. I mean, who hasn't been unwavering on top of a pole? <laughs> uh, or any Eastern European, for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I thought she looked looked amazing. And I thought she was really giving the drama and selling the song to the camera. But, you know, her vocal performance was not the best. Uh, and even the staging at times 
looked a bit static. She couldn't really move around a lot. She was trying to do the armography and everything, but like... She was very limited with what she could do. Exactly. She was just literally like stuck to one place. A little bit underwhelming, but fine. I think the on, on TV, you didn't really get the visual of her enormity of being so high yes and she did go up and down a couple of times you you completely missed that on tv as well yes. um i thought she sang very well but i think when the votes were coming through i think she stuck her finger up at the rest of you, you know, didn't if she you, if you like the this song imbues style and class something that she lacked a little bit when she uh, received her points <laughs> very well said now then we are 15th we are going to austria Taya and selena who the hell is edgar they got 120 points okay listen to this 104 points from the jury and 16 points from the public, there's something very wrong here. Play the song. Who the hell is now? This um, amazing song came second. In its, I'm saying this slowly, came second in its semi-final. And consequently, the producers of the show, in my opinion, were absolutely, completely, 100% wrong to allocate this first on stage on the final. They were absolutely hammered by the public vote and deserved a lot more than 16 points. And that is only because they were first on stage. I can't think of any other reason. Absolutely. Well, okay. I can think of another reason. I think this song is difficult to convey on stage. Like, the, you know, in the music video, there was a lot of humor, a lot of fun, a lot of comedy. There was a lot of charm and humor that was lost uh, and that didn't come through in, in the stage performance. For instance, in the music video, they're doing like a, a dance. I actually learned the dance. Cause it's I thought... true, actually. He did learn the dance. It's quite sad, really, to be honest. And quite badly as well, really, yes, from my memory. Because I, I, I thought that they would be doing that on stage, so I wanted to do it along with them, and they didn't do it at all. So you did it on your own, you looked right, Prick, I didn't know, you? I know, I know, I <laughs> know. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think they played it a little bit safe, to be honest. No, 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 I disagree, because they came second, like I just said, in the semi-final, which was all public votes. So they must have had a lot of public behind them. There is... Get out of that, bitch. Uh, Get out of that. No, no, there is a pretty big difference on who votes in the semifinals and who votes in the finals. Uh, I think in the semifinals, it's Eurovision fans. It's a larger proportion of Eurovision fans who have seen the video, who know the song. And even though the staging conveys something, they will still have the message of the music video in their heads or in our heads. Well, 2023 is a classic example of a year when the draw made a significant difference. None of the first eight countries to perform we're in the top 10. That's a third of the songs that had a bad draw. And, and some of those should have. Anyway, moving on to Armenia and Brunette. That's the colour of her hair and her stage name. And her song, Future Lover, she got 122.69, it's your favourite number, from the jury and 53 from the public. To be honest, 
I still can't understand what she's singing about, but that's okay. Now, we all know Snap by Rosalind became a massive hit for Armenia after Eurovision, so maybe Brunette can do the same. I thought this was very epic staging. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. Uh, I thought it was very stylish and classy and tasteful. I just, I never, I thought the song would be more of a grower than it was. I never, it never really grew for me. And I never really connected. I like the part where she sings in Armenian. I think it's better. And I, I actually did like the dance break. But yeah, I, I think it was slick and that's why it got the points it got. But I think it's about where it should be. I was a bit worried in case you sort of slid down that slope halfway through the song. Because she's so Cause slimy, that's quite you mean? Well, no, it's just quite perilous to, to dance on it, to sort of perform on a, on a rake to stage. Yeah, but she... For the dance break, she went to the front of the stage, She right? certainly did. You're yes, right there, yes, Juan. Yes, 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 absolutely. It's health and safety first. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, um, 13th... Um, giving Croatia the best results since 2017 Woo! were the Croatians. Let's three a mama. 123 points. 11 points from the jury. 11. <laughs> I think that was probably expected, to be honest. But 112 from the public and coming seventh with the public vote. Let's listen. Most people, when I first heard this, I just thought, what the fuck's going on here? And I have warmed so much to this song. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I'm really glad they got a good result. I thought they might get more than 112 from the public. I thought they could have had a massive public vote. But they've given Croatia one of their best results for a long, long time. So I, I will now listen to their albums because they're funny. Yeah, in the beginning, you asked uh, my if my favourites have changed. And I forgot about Croatia. This turned out to be one of my favourites. Uh, together with Spain, this is my number two, actually. I loved it so, so, so much. When you said, oh, it was expected that this was not going to get a lot of points from the jury, that makes me kind of sad in a way. Like, what are the juries actually looking for then? This is so much deeper and layered and artistic and intelligent than, you know, 99% of any other entry, right? So what is it that the juries are there for if not to, like listen more to the songs, have a deeper understanding and award points for that? Is it just record company officials giving point for industry standard? Like, it seems like that, to be honest. I wonder how many times each jury member has to listen to the songs before they award, because I think each jury member must, must have to listen to them many, many times and not just, like, a minimum of twice or whatever. Yeah, and a, a, just a little comment about the juries. You know, I've heard rumblings in the internetosphere, the Eurovision <laughs> internetosphere, about the EBU becoming more and more commercialized because they need to make money. Before this context, we heard about that there were going to be changes made to the jury's directives. And after seeing the results, I'm wondering if one of the directives were to premiere commercially viable songs that could generate income for the for the contest, because, you know, Melody Festival is a little bit like that. It's less of a song contest and more a showcase for curated songs for certain demographics that will then be hits for the record companies that mm -hmm. are behind Melody Festival. And 
And it's. I really hope that that is not the direction that Eurovision I'd is going in. I'd hate that. I would lose its authenticity. Yes. And just before we hear from Mark, uh, let's go over to Cyprus. Andrew Lambrou, break a broken heart. He got 126.68 from the juries and 58 from the public. He got one dues points. Guess which country gave him dues points? What are we talking about again? Cyprus. 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 Oh, uh, oh, was it the Falkland Islands again? Yeah, the Falkland yeah. Islands. <laughs> Hello, Greece. You can break your broken heart. Wow, you did it better than him. I mean, he, I actually did it. <laughs> oh, he didn't do it. No, he didn't do really? it. Really? Well, I mean, kind of. The thing is, like, he was so supported by, like, a hefty amount of pre-recorded backing vocals that when he stopped singing that line, you could hear that there was a difference in the song, but not a lot. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? If this, if part of selling the song is the vocal performance and the vocal performance is mainly backing, pre-recorded backing vocals, that should not be allowed. Exactly. I was actually overjoyed to see the rather handsome and muscular Andrew Lambrew erect throughout the whole of his performance and he didn't lie down on the floor once. On to Lithuania, another great result for the little country. Monica Lingati and her song Stay. She got 177 points. No, she didn't. I'm lying my head off here. She got 127 points, 81 from the juries and 46 from the public. She came 11th. Interestingly, one of three returning acts this year who did better or as good as their previous results. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just finish that little mouthful yeah. per second before you speak, darling. Um, <laughs> it was funny. Like, I, I like the song. I hated her outfit. Yeah. I, I mentioned this in the preview program that I thought she was too glammed up for this, like, down-to-earth song. And it, they made her even more glammed up and, like... <laughs> It was like randomly slutty for no reason. Not that I mind slutty, but it just didn't work with the song. And also, it, I found it ironic. You know, the shuto tuto supposedly mean it's too loud. Yeah. And the backing singers are going shuto tuto and standing around her while she like completely belts out the notes. <laughs> <laughs> loudly. Yeah, yeah. very loudly. <laughs> um, what do you reckon, Mark? France coming... 16th, I will never understand really this because when she had her first rehearsal and we saw images of that, the odds on France went from like 25 to 1 to 10 to 1 and everyone was marvelling about this majestic um, 
staging with her on the pillow and the lights and how magnificent she looked. There were some people complaining about her vocals. I have to say, I know Juan slightly disagrees with this, my ear isn't as attuned as his, but I thought she was more than competent. Just, it just lacked that sort of pizzazz and magic so somehow. But I think 16th was very unfortunate. Uh, and I think in the scoring, a lot of the televote and jury rankings had it 11th to 15th. In other words, just missing out on points. Um, basically, you don't get any points at all if you don't come in the first 10 of the rankings of jurors and the televote. And so I think there were a lot of near misses for France. The Austria thing is really interesting. Uh, I don't think it's the running order as as perhaps you suggested. Oh God, it's not great going first, it must be said. But why did it do so well in the televote in the semi-final? And why did it do so poorly in the final? I think the answer to that are the monsters of semi-final one that suddenly they collided with in the final mm-hmm. and raided all those televotes from them because... Um, and it didn't also help that the first three songs in the final were all red and black. <laughs> uh, we had uh, Austria, we had um, Portugal and Switzerland, and it was like, oh, God, have you really thought through this running order? But uh, that was a fan favourite that deserved to do a lot better. Um, so, um, yeah, really, really sad that both Austria and France didn't make the top ten, and that hurt my pocket at the bookies. Mm, interesting, interesting, interesting. So. Moving on, we are now in the top 10, and I am chuffed to bits that Czechia got a top 10 score this year, the second best result they've ever had with Vesna and my sister's crown, now to do with teeth. They got 129 points, 94 from the jury, and a measly 35 from the public. I was so happy when I saw this. I uh, and I'm smiling my tits off right now. Probably the most improved performance from the national finals. These six looked stunning in their matching pink outfits with their Rapunzel hair extensions. One of the best performances of the night, and uh, I, I I'm addicted to this now. I, I was wary that they might mess it up, but they didn't. It was great. Well done. I really like the approach that they took for the staging. Uh, it really suited the message of the song. They were just one cohesive unit. It was about the collective and representing sisterhood. And it worked perfectly because they were like all dressed the same and they had the same braid and all this kind of stuff. But then there was a highlight where they got to show off their individuality a little bit. You know, they were all like or almost nonchalantly carrying their braid and when they got to the front of the line they would drop it and then just turn to one side I just freaked I'm going out goosey I was, just thinking that about was it. so beautiful. awesome and just yeah. looking straight into the camera just yeah. chef's kiss wonderful I loved I loved this entry and the performance I need a tissue. <laughs> oh, I almost need a tissue right now. Sestra Kaziva. Oh, I don't know what it means, but I still need a tissue. Look at my nipples. Like you could cut, cut glass. glass. Cut glass, yeah. Coming ninth, and I'm very stoked for this too, was Australia, Voyager and Promise. They got 151 points, 130 from the jury. Thumbs up. 21 from the public. Promise me it's going to be all It's 
Juan and me were privileged enough to get tickets to go to the Camp and Furnace Euro Club for semi-final number two. And we had the best night, didn't we? In it was Liverpool, hysterical in Liverpool. In Liverpool. In, we were in Liverpool. We, we, we made it to Liverpool, which is, you know, in Merseyside. And um, this came on and re- unexpectedly, about halfway through the song, I burst into tears because I was just... <laughs> absolutely gobsmacked at how incredible this performance was. I was just really um, roused. Uh, And I think that this year was supposed to be the last Australian entry because their contract ends. And I really hope not because Voyager were absolutely epic. But I got to say, 21 public votes from Europe for this. I mean, seriously, this is an example of the injustice of the public vote, which we're going to get to the injustice of the jury vote shortly. So I agree with everything you said. Uh, I'm going to go slightly on a little parallel tangent here. Unless she does. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so we were heading to the fan area and it started to rain suddenly. Piss down, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. And and we sort of took refuge in a... Shithole. In a a sky. Sort of very straight, very sort of football pub. It was all red. They were showing football. They were playing straight stuff. Suddenly, they were getting an influx of all these Eurovision fans who were wet, (laughs) dripping Eurovision fans. (laughs) And we got a a drink. And then I suddenly looked behind me and I recognized the person sitting behind us is Paddy Mm -hmm. O'Connell from uh, Eurovision royalty, Paddy O'Connell, by the way. Uh, So you go up to him and we start chatting. He's a lovely guy. We have a great time. And he recommends the Euro Club to us. So thank you very much, Mr. Paddy O'Connell. The blessing, he had an hour break or something in between his uh, broadcasts. And he spent the hour guzzling lager with us in this strange bar, drying out. And it was a treat to uh, spend time with him, really, it was. It really was. So uh, cheers, Pad. (laughs) <laughs> we got over to Estonia. I can't get my head around this at all. Uh, Estonia came eighth. The song is called Bridges, and it's sung by Alika. She got 168 points, 146 from the jury, coming fifth with the jury count, but just 22 points from the public. There is always time to get back on track, tearing down the walls slowly every step. Now I see myself building up a world of And this is my love-hate relationship with Eurovision because I don't get this at all. I have no idea why this did so well. <laughs> There's so many things wrong with it. The bizarre piano playing itself is really annoying. And then she's got this very attractive yet weird sort of sky blue Barbadex style dress which aged her uh, on stage. And if I'm being honest, and of course I always am, I'm just very perplexed that this came fifth with the juries, beating a whole host of other better singers than her yeah and the strange thing is like okay we were always saying that if this qualifies managed to just sneak through into the final this would do well with the juries and it did but there were so many other entries that i thought had qualities that juries were supposed to be voting for Mm -hmm. and why did this get like I, I am in your camp. Like I don't understand this at all. It's not for me at all. I think it's dated. I think it's. She did do a good vocal performance, but it wasn't like anything that amazing. You know what I mean? 
this could equally have come 23rd and I wouldn't have batted an eyelid. Exactly. And it could have come 30 years ago and I should have been like, oh yeah, that's about right. I'm not going to go to Estonia for my holidays this year. <laughs> and we are in Belgium. They came seventh with Gustaf and because of you, 182 points, 127 from the jury and 55 from the public and going back to that night on the Thursday night at the uh, Camp and Furnace he the crowd were on his side they were going crazy for him weren't they let's play the song yeah when the world got me going crazy I carry on see I carry on So, yeah, they got uh, three sets of 12 points from the jury, one of which was from the Greek jury, who forgot to give their annual traditional dues to Cyprus in a year when Cyprus actually could actually have deserved 12 points for a change. And then the Belgians were sort of predicted to only borderline qualify from the easier semi-final. And lo and behold, they get seventh in the final. So what a wonderful underdog triumph. And that was one hell of a pussy. <laughs> I can only agree. <laughs> I thought the performance was fantastic. And like I said before, as the season went on, the more and more I was enamored with Gustav, his personality, his performance. I compared this to Israel last year in the in our preview show, mm. saying that this is kind of more representative of of queer culture or queerness, because I feel the queerness here isn't put on or performative in any way. He is just, this is who he is. And not only being queer, but he looks like like a Eurovision fan. And I think the Eurovision community really responded to that. More than to the song, I would say, because the song is just an excuse to be queer and have a party. You see, I compare that to Belgian songs of recent. And I think it's nowhere near as good as Hooverphonic, etc., etc. Anyway, let's move on to the song that came sixth which is our host country song, The Ukraine. Tvorchi, Heart of Steel, they got 243 points, 54 from the jury, and coming fourth in the televote with 189 points from the public. Don't get what you say, yeah, yeah, Don't get how you feel. Get out of my way, yeah, yeah, Guess I got... I mean, always original, creative. The Ukrainians could do no wrong and still they hold the record for being the only country to qualify from the semi-final stages. Not that they had to qualify this year, but um, sixth place, fantastic. Well done. Yeah, I mean, they didn't need to qualify, but even if they had had to, they would have been sailing through. Uh, when this, this first came out... I wasn't too fond of it. And then they did the revamp and they just kept slowly, slowly improving, building on it, building on it, as they kind of usually do. And by the end, they are left with such a solid and impactful, impactful entry and product that they always do really, really well. I thought this was, again, masterfully staged, staged maybe the best staging of the contest, actually. Oh, I think Mark might have something to say about that, too. Czechia was magnificent. 
Um, that was another goose bumps moment for me watching it live there. There was something just really moving about seeing the imagery of that clenched fist of defiance behind all those women. Uh, I know these songs of female empowerment have become quite common in recent years, but this is probably my favourite of, of all of them. I really believed in their sense of sisterhood. It was convincing. It wasn't in your face. It was just authentic. Uh, and Czechia is a country that struggles to get support and votes because it doesn't have that many friends naturally. So 10th is a massive result for them and should not go uh, underreported. And Estonia, I was also a fan of the song. I like these lovely, slow, traditional ballads, but I still maintain it was rather cold and i think juan said in the preview program she seems to be wanting to be singing another song get stuck with this one she still maintained that presence but in spite of all that the jury decided to give her all these votes and how bizarre she just gets into the final with 10th position in the semi and gets eighth in the final um this is a big thumbs up if you're going to stick with the juries uh that these kind of songs if you can get through into the final are are you know have lots and lots of merit um and and promise and finally ukraine a song i never really liked the staging was fantastic mm. ukraine is i think if we did a staging league table for all the countries in the last 20 years i think it would be number one it just never ever disappoints i don't know who's behind all of this in the ukraine but when you've got all the distractions of a war going on how you could actually put a show like that on for those three minutes is beyond me so we're now into the much-coveted top five, and in, without a doubt, it is a score result for the Scandinavians. Coming fifth was Norway, and Alessandro, Queen of Kings, she got 268 points in total, 52, just 52 from the juries, and a massive 216, and coming third from the public vote. Ah! <laughs> Alessandro, is that you? <laughs> Her name is she, Queen of the Kings, the Rolling so fast, spinning the wind. Nothing in this world can stop the spread of the wind. She, Queen of the Kings, broken her cage, threw the keys. She will be the warrior of the North and South Sea. Usual story for the Norwegians, really a massive televote, but the juries seem to continually loathe their brand of plastic pop, it seems. She looked like the lead boy in a pantomime and um, the song might not have been 100% original but she definitely deserved to score more points I think from the juries for her faultless vocals Was it faultless though? Not I... at all, no! Because <laughs> <laughs> It seems to me that they allow uh, autotune in uh, MGP and I think it showed when she kept not being able to hit that high note as exactly and precisely as she, done, as she had done in MGP Can you do that right now? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, well, let me just warm up first. No, <laughs> uh, no, no, I can't. I can't do whistle tones from my mouth. Uh, <laughs> what am I saying? No one's listening. Yeah, no one's listening. No one cares. We're talking about. <laughs> no one cares. We're talking about Norway. Oh yeah, for for me, Norway did not connect. I actually thought when I saw semi-final one that they would have problems qualifying because I thought the staging looked a bit empty. But I think just the fun of the song and the campiness, the catchiness, the sea shantiness of it all, uh, propelled them, uh, you know, to a really good televote. Um. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting to the point now we've drunk about 25 bottles per second and we're just a bit carefree coming forth was Italy Marco Mengoni lovely to have him back another one of the acts who did better this time round than his original 
uh, attempt a few years back. He got 350 points, the big guns now, 176 from the jury coming third and 174, quite equal, from the public coming sixth and also winning the Marcel Besançon Composers Award with Due Vita, which is lovely. I mean, another great result for Italy who continue their dominance over the rest of Europe and interestingly always singing in their own language. He made this seem effortless, such calm and poise and the emotion pouring out of him throughout. And right at the end, I think it's in the last line, there's a little glimmer of him losing control of his voice and the relief as he falls to the floor and rolls his eyes in the air. He's just so raw and spectacular. And yes, I cry at that as well. I think this really benefited from that it was not a ballad-heavy year. He was the only one doing like a straight up classic ballad. Let's say in my straight female friend circle, they all responded very strongly to Mr. Marco, including my mother. Uh, however, I am sorry to say... I just feel say, a bit nauseous thinking about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry to say, uh, well, he is part of our team, is he not? He carried the rainbow flag on stage in the right. uh, parade of flags at the start, which I didn't realise. That's what I was asking before, was like, when he came out with the inclusive pride flag, did he come out with the inclusive oh, pride flag? Oh, I see flag? what you've Do done you there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, let's go to Italy right yeah. now. <laughs> let's go and ask him. <laughs> Coming third, Israel, Noah Kirel, and Unicorn. She got a massive 362 points. She came second with the jury vote with 177 points, and she came fifth with the public vote with 185 points. It's going to be phenomenal, 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 phenomenal. I kind of knew this was going to do well. All you need to do these days, in the Eurovision of these days, is flash a bit of arse and squirm all over the floor like you mean it, and you'll be guaranteed a third place. For me, lovely to have Israel back in the top three. She deserved it. Great performance and absolutely lovely to see Ilanit delivering the Israeli votes. I cried at that too. I feel like I'm quite hormonal, actually. Anyway, I thought this so predictable, <laughs> so boring... I mean, yes, it was very well executed and there was loads of money pumped into this. I think there was a million euros, like it was the most expensive this year uh, from the record company that was behind her. Uh, but it's just, I don't know, expensive, predictable. It's not for me. I can understand people respecting the production value, uh, but I want to see some originality and there was very little of that on display but I do understand why people liked it was that your grind opinion just then huh no oh, no. Uh. <laughs> no 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 
That's not the grinder. Uh, I'm just checking. Yeah, yeah. I don't know these things. <laughs> We're into the top two now. It was always, 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 as far as the bookmakers are concerned, going to be a two-horse race between Finland and Sweden. And this is where the angst starts. So coming second was Finland and Karja and Cha-Cha-Cha. He got 526 points, 150 from the jury. And winning the public vote... He got 376 points, including, excuse me, I'm belching, 18, 18, 12 points from the public. Cha-cha-cha! So, what can we say about this lovely little Finnish man with a massive heart? He was the one, well, as far as I'm concerned, we wanted to win since he won UMK back in early February. His performances have always been fun and creative, and I think this song we will hear in many Eurovisions to come. He won the first semi-final, interestingly, beating Sweden, the eventual winners, and Karia will be popping up now at subsequent Eurovisions, and he will always get a massive roar from the crowd he won the public votes and there's a huge amount of unrest amongst the fandom he's riding high in spotify charts and he returned home to finland an absolute hero expect a brand new carrier square with luminous green trees to pop up in downtown helsinki and none of us can speak english but we all know the worst of this song and he is also the winner of this year's eurovision competition and award given by fans to the most interestingly dressed artist formerly known as the Barbadex Award. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't agree with that. I thought he, his outfit was fantastic. Great. It's iconic. It's going to be remembered for a really long time. And I think also this entry is going to be remembered for a really long time. The fact that it came second might actually help its longevity. You can compare it to Verka Serduchka, that it was the massive, massive public favorite. It got beaten by a quote-unquote classier song, a more jury-friendly song. Uh, it had like this underdog vibe. Uh, and I think it's going to resonate in the annals of Eurovision to come. I was just, I mean, there was one moment there in the voting when, it, when they delivered the public vote and I thought, you know what, he might just just beat Sweden but uh, I was completely wrong when Graham Norton said oh Laureen needs 180 points to beat Carrier I knew it was over like so, of course, now you know who won. It was Sweden, of course. It was Loreen and Tattoo. She got 583 points. She came first with the jury scoring a ridiculous 340 points. And she came second with the public scoring a much more feasible 243 points. No Anyway, winning the uh, Marcel Besenson Artistic and Press Award, she got 15 doozies from the jury, but none from the public. Now, 
a little bit of a bittersweet victory here for Lorene. Um, she was a Eurovision legend after her euphoria win, but I think her reputation is a little, a little bit tarnished. I've read online from Swedish people who were being embarrassed for their win, knowing that uh, the public's choice was Sweden, a very, very disproportionate amount of jury votes, given the amount of talent on that stage on Saturday night throughout the evening. We all expected Lorene to be at the top of the jury vote, but not by this much. And because she won by such a huge amount, it honestly feels just a little bit rigged. And all those millions of people who paid for their votes have been silenced by the very, very small amount of humans who are now called juries. And I feel like I won't waste my money again on voting. And for all those conspiracy theorists, did you notice that Lorene still had her mouthpiece microphone on during the voting? It's like she knew she was going to go back on stage again. Yeah, but I mean, to have your microphone on, especially when you have all that hair and all that costume on, I don't think, like, why would you take it off? I'd like to think it was a conspiracy <laughs> theory. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't think you can argue with the... I mean, you, I think you can argue with the jury results. And I think you can argue with the fact that 185 jury members had sway over millions of people. I think that is something that needs to be looked over, uh, especially when Carrier won with the public vote with such a large margin. However, as the rules and has, as the contest is today, I don't think you can argue with the win of Loreen because, yeah, sure, she won the jury by too much, but she was second in the televote. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a respectable and worthy winner. Is it to my taste? I think the song is too basic, it's too poppy. Uh, I do think that like I said in the preview show, that Loreen is what elevates it. She is what makes it a winner because the song is not a winner in the slightest. And it's kind of unfortunate that the juries premiere such safe choices, right? But that's that's the Eurovision of today. I am not unhappy with the results, to be honest. I think it's it's a good winner. Why not? I feel like I've just watched a football match that's been slightly tarnished by some strange refereeing. And I feel, a, I mean, a bit underwhelmed, having spent so much time, energy and effort looking forward to doing Eurovision, all the podcasting that we've done, all the national finals for have, to have this as a result. I'm glad she won. She was fantastic. I, I just dispute by the amount that she won by. But come on now, we are Eurovision veterans at this point and I'm not we... a veteran you might be a veteran but I'm not <laughs> you have to learn well I have learned that it's not really about the result or you know it's the journey so we wait for news now of next year's show now last year UK cities began their bidding to host just after the contest at the end of May and Liverpool was selected at the beginning of last October now of course 2024 is the same year as ABBA's 50th anniversary of their win back in 1974 so would it be wrong of us to expect the Fab Four to appear on stage in Sweden because they're all saying you know the, the, the Sweden want to host it because it's Abba's golden anniversary, in which case Mr. Osterdahl has to get them on stage. Otherwise, he's going to get egg on his face and I will actually throw the egg at him if he doesn't get the Fab Four on stage, if they're still alive That by is them. a massive ask, to be yeah. honest. They, you know, they hardly got together for their own albums. I don't know if they're going to get together <laughs> for, for Eurovision. 
Well, as far as Eurovision goes, the next podcast will be showcasing a selection of the winning country's greatest Eurovision moments. So we're going to go to Finland. That's a joke. Uh, we're going to... <laughs> We've done the best of Sweden before, so we're going to dig out some more Swedish classics, which we're really looking forward to that. And as ever, I thank my lovely Mark and my lovely Juan for being here with me and making Eurobliss together and making all our lives that extra little bit special. We love you all. Oh, you want to say something, don't you? Yes, I want to ask you, are you looking forward to Eurovision in Sweden? Absolutely not, no. No? <laughs> Why not? No. They do an amazing Eurovision. I know, but I just feel I just feel I need to recover. I need to get my... You're still my... bitter. I'm... <clears throat> Yes, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> That's is, a yes. I'm not sure the bit is the right word. I'm just a little bit. I need some time to recover from it, just to distance myself from it, yes. and become me again. I, I'm looking forward to Eurovision in Sweden. I, I didn't, you know, Lorraine wasn't my favorite, but I have been to Eurovision in Sweden before. They put on a great show, and Petra Mede is the best presenter of all time. So, like, it's going to be amazing. How, we haven't mentioned just quickly the presenters this year. I thought our presenters were absolutely awesome i thought nice. hannah waddingham and uh, uh, thingy doodah alicia dixon were so natural and they actually made graham norton look a little bit um stiff yeah 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 stiff yeah i agree i agree mm. i mean they were speaking in the native tongue though so like that does add a lot i love that word tongue <laughs> anyway it's anyway, goodbye from me and also liverpool was an amazing oh. city a fantastic host city we had the best time, didn't we? We had an amazing time. I'm in love with, Europe, with Liverpool. I want a husband from there. <laughs> <laughs> That's no word of a lie he does. All right, sweethearts. Take care. Love you all. Love you. Bye. Bye. I guess now the dust is beginning to settle, we have one huge question to answer. Is it fair and just that the 185 jury members have as much voting power as a TV audience of 180, 200 million? Uh, and the answer, I think, to that has got to be no. Going forward, I think there are perhaps two ways of, of, of making some tweaks. We either change the percentage so that it's televote 75%, jury 25%, which isn't as simple to calculate and gets a bit messy, but maybe is fairer. Uh, or possibly we expand the juries beyond five to perhaps ten or a dozen people and we don't make them necessarily conservative members of the music industry, but they introduce something what they call demoscopic juries, which are actually more representative of the public. In other words, the juries are sort of like mini televotes with musical industry representation mm -hmm. as well. I think a mixture of those two things going forward would be credible um, because it can't be nice for Loreen. Uh, I, I don't want to get involved in the spat of are you a Loreen or are you a, a carrier person? I mean, they're both amazing artists and I'm sure they have great respect for one another. But it's probably not great for her to have won in this way because it looks anti-democratic and it looks like she's somehow pulled off a, a, a victory with lots of elite people Lots, 185 of them. Um, and, it, and it can't be great that a song has a 250-point lead at the time uh, of the televote coming in. It's too big a gap to, to close. So I hope that these reforms may be considered. Like when the 12 points were all coming through, all the uh, countries and the artists are jumping up and down. But Lorene just sat there and the, I think it was the composer and the lyricist sitting aside of her and I was, they just sort of sat there and smiled and it just looked a little bit kind of sinister. It didn't sit right with me. 
Yeah, and she did a very creditable job of trying to look surprised and taken aback. But actually, it's as though somehow people had uh, said, well, you know, this is what's going to happen. So, uh, and and uh, yeah, it, it's, it wasn't... If I was her, I would like to have won in different circumstances. So um, I think in Eurobliss, we'll always be carrier people and we'll be playing um, cha-cha-cha for many programmes to come. And that's tatty bye from me as well. Actually, not so oh, fast. Yet. There is a little bit of a Euro bliss tradition that we have every year in our post-mortem show, whereby I restrain you with rope and chains and force you to sing a reprise of this year's winning song. Mark's not here to assist you, so you're on your own. Let oh, me I'm introduce I'm you. Wait, 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 wait. Mark is not here to assist me, but my lovely Eurovision uh, Neil Poir colleague is here to assist me. Have you heard me, me sing? Uh, no. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You'll regret it. So are you up for it? Sure, why not? We don't need to do the whole song. We should just do like a, a little exactly, bit. Exactly, exactly. Okay, this is Juan and Tattoo. Much better than Marine. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't need a box. Hmm. Well, I'm sitting on mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how Lorraine did it, especially uh, half naked. She's very yoga mummy. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. it's. I mean, it's a high range. But I, I mean, it's not Abba, but I can see what she's tried to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. We leave it there. <laughs> <sighs> cha 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 cha. <laughs> 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 